The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. I'm Tony Quello, and I'm the author of the ADA. I am totally committed to supporting Hillary Clinton for president. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, everyone. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This is such a great show. I'm so excited. I'm so excited with our guest. I'm telling you, we have a real rock star today. We have a rock star as our guest, and that would be... Anastasia Samoza. And how are you, young lady? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just as excited to be on the show. Oh, well, we are even more excited. We were thrilled. I was thrilled to hear you speak at the Democratic National Convention. And then, surprise, when I was in Orlando last month, you were speaking there also. I mean, you have just become the star of the show, young lady. You are rocking it. Well, thank you so much. It's been, it's been um, a whirlwind of an extraordinary experience, for sure, and I take an enormous amount of pride in being able to um, travel around the country as a surrogate um, for Hillary and to talk to people one-on-one uh, in often very intimate settings about why I so strongly support her. So it's, it's truly been one of the greatest honors of my life so far. Well, I can see why, and I have to tell you, remember... You are also our champion. You know, I'm living with epilepsy, but all of the people across the United States listening to this show, people living with epilepsy, we look up to you because you are our voice right now. You are out there speaking for us. So I thank you for that. Uh, but I have to ask you this question first. I mean, oh, my goodness. When I saw you speak at that convention, I thought, oh, my, she has to speak in front of the thousands and thousands of people here, but then the millions of people watching on TV. So I have to ask you, weren't you nervous? I I was, indeed. Up until the very last minute, though, it was more excitement than nerves. So, in other words, nerves didn't kick in until I was already on the stage just a few minutes before I rolled out to the center to begin my remarks. So in that sense, I was lucky because the nerves were only uh, momentary right before I went out. But certainly in that moment, it was probably the most uh, nervous I've ever felt in my life. (laughs) 
Oh, well, I can see why. I bet many, many, many people would not have been able to do what you do, and you delivered it. I'll tell you, you did a great job. So, hey, for all of our listeners, uh, Anastasia, would you mind sharing with them, for you, what was it like growing up with a disability? For me, growing up with a disability uh, didn't feel um, any any different than what I imagine um, my siblings who don't have disabilities feel. In other words, I we were raised in such an inclusive household that um, as a child in particular, I didn't feel um, very disabled in the sense that I saw myself as a as a kid, just like my sister and Gabriella, my younger sister and my older brother Oliver, who were disabled. And it was only as I started getting older and growing into my teen years that I really began to get that sense from the outside world that that I was different and my disability changed. Um, the way people, some people at least, perceived me and my ability and what I'd be capable of and a whole host of other things. But I wasn't, uh, I, until I encountered those negative assumptions from, uh, you know, society at large, in other words, our, uh, the home environment was not like that at all. My parents did a, a great a great job of uh, raising us uh, equally as integrated members of our family. And so childhood for me felt exactly like it was supposed to feel. And that's also not to say that I didn't, um, that I didn't identify, I understood that I had a disability, of course, because I I'm a wheelchair user, um, so it's not to say that I that I didn't understand that. But having a disability didn't impact, you know, my childhood in a in a negative way. My parents did a great job of of raising me to believe that I should be proud of who I am uh, with my disability. Well, I have to, I have to say, for any of those people you talked about that viewed you different or looked at you uh, not in a positive way, I have to say, look at her now. Look at her now. You all made a mistake there. Look at her now. And um, for every young person listening with a disability, look who you have as a role model. Look what could happen for you. That's why, just as she said, you have to believe in yourself and your own ability to succeed. So, Anastasia, you have an incredible relationship with who I hope will be the next president of the United States, uh, Secretary Clinton. So how did this happen? How did you develop this uh, friendship with her? Well, first of all, let me say that Secretary Clinton will definitely be uh, our next president. Yay! In the United States. Um, there's 
there's no doubt in my mind that um, not only will the disabled community come together um, to elect her, but I also, she's got enormous support among women and so many other groups. So I'm definitely confident that she will be our next president. So, uh, and our relationship started back in 1993 when I was invited to participate in a town hall called President Clinton Answering Children's Questions um, that President Clinton um, at the time hosted at the White House on a Saturday um, where we were given the opportunity to ask President Clinton one question, either about something we wanted to understand better with regard to what he was going to do throughout his um, first four years in office, or uh, we could talk to him about a particular topic or issue that we wanted to understand better or that we wanted to draw his attention to so that he would address it um, in his administration. And by the time it got to me, uh, all the other children or many of the other children had been relating their questions to um, personal, to family members or things that they had um, come to understand through personal experience. So I basically spoke to President Clinton about the fact that my twin sister, Alba Somoza, was not integrated into a, was not in an integrated mainstream public, public school classroom here in New York City at the time. And my parents had already been um, engaged in a in a legal uh, battle with the the Board of Education to try to make that happen, and so while this was going on, I had the opportunity to speak with um, President Clinton about it, and I actually ended my that initial conversation with him uh, using a statement rather than a question. I ended up saying. After telling him a bit about Alba, and ended by saying, I would like her to be in a regular class, just like me. Um, and then he asked a few follow-up questions about Alba and about whether my parents had already engaged the principal of our school and the um, local school district representatives in, in discussions about mainstreaming her. So... We had a remarkably detailed conversation about it uh, after that initial statement. And then a year, um, they, I, I met Hillary right after that same day, right after the, quest, the uh, actual uh, discussion with President Clinton ended. And as I said in my convention speech, she and my mom, when we came across Hillary, discussed um, health care for children with disabilities and early intervention. And, and since that moment, they've both stayed in touch and uh, tracked our personal and professional progress as we've grown into adults who are happy um, 
productive members of our society. So we became, I became pen pals with both Hillary and Bill on that first day that I, that I met them in February. I think it was February 20th of 1993. And since then, uh, she has been an integral part of my, of my growth as a woman with a disability. Wow, that is a great story. <clears throat> you can tell uh, how much she thinks of you and how much she believes in you just by being at the not only the convention, but at the recent uh, uh, speech that you gave and introducing her in Orlando, Florida. Now, I have to say that as a woman living with epilepsy and the founder of a company that finds employment for people with disabilities, I've been doing that for 21 years. I have never, ever seen a presidential candidate talk about disability and including people with disabilities for the entire speech. I mean, there was a time that if someone, a president, would mention, even mention the word disabilities, we would jump up and hoop and holler and we'd be so excited. Here we are, an entire speech. And that's why it just, oh, it's so, it was so exciting. And I do believe that as president, she would fight for people with disabilities. And, you know, if you want all that to come true, which we believe it will, but you've got to vote. Disability, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Voting is, voting is, um, is incredibly important. And that's the other uh, issue that I hope receives some attention uh, through this election and when we think about how much disability is being uh, addressed, at least on the Democratic side, um, the one thing that I think we still need to talk about as a voting block is how we work together to make voting accessible to all people with disabilities. Because I think um, a lot of people with disabilities struggle to actually um, vote because of accessibility issues, difficulties in getting to the polls, and so many other, um, so many other obstacles that they come across in just trying to both get registered to vote and also actually, once they're registered, actually be able to physically um, cast their vote. So I think there's still work that needs to be done around making sure that all people with disabilities, no matter what disability you have, that you're able to register successfully and actually cast your vote. Um, and and I I agree that uh, she is absolutely going to work very hard to maintain the commitments that she spoke about in in that speech on the inclusive economy. Because as I alluded to in my short. DNC speech, she, I am just one example of a young person with a disability who she's watched um, progress, who has had a lot of trouble making the transition from 
you know, high school and university level education to the workforce, um, uh, which is one of the reasons why I admire what you have done for your whole career, Joyce, because I think um, that transition piece, supporting people with, uh, with disabilities so that we all have increased pathways to employment uh, is absolutely crucial, and it is one of the biggest reasons why I'm supporting her, because I think she is the only candidate that, on, that uh, you know, recognizes the progress we've already made as a disabled community, but also uh, recognizes that in terms of employment numbers and also people being able to live in integrated community settings rather than in in any kind of home or nursing home or group home. In other words, she understands, particularly when it comes to housing and employment, that there's still um, a lot of room for improvement in terms of empowering and engaging people with disabilities in the right way. Yes, I agree with you, and um, I just want to repeat again. I have never, ever, there has never been, a presidential candidate on the campaign trail that took the entire speech dedicated to people with disabilities. So you all understand me. You know, when you see, uh, you know, them, uh, the presidential candidates, I'm speaking here, I'm speaking in Pittsburgh, I'm speaking in New York. This was a speech in Orlando, and this is all it was about the whole time. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Believable. And that is why I have to say again, you know, Justin Dart said, vote as if your life depends on it, because it does. You have someone standing up for you. It's our job to stand up for her and vote. You have to vote. Don't just talk about you have to vote. You have to vote, and you have to get everyone you know to vote, because Anastasia, don't you agree with me? One vote counts. Every vote counts, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all saw that. Anyone who who remembers um, the 2000 election um, would understand just how much every vote counts. Um, in fact, she, uh, Hillary just did a, uh, a rally with Al Gore, I think, again yesterday in Florida, just to drive home the point about how he is... You know, he, his run for the presidency should be a cautionary tale, should show people how much every vote counts because he, he, um, lost the, uh, election by so few, so few votes that year. So it really does, who, who assumes the office really affects everyone's life, but I, particularly believe that the lives of people with disabilities um, uh, can be drastically affected, either in a positive way or, or in an uh, incredibly negative way, depending on um, who assumes the office. And particularly with this cycle, she is, she is the only one with the knowledge and commitment to our issues um, and 
experience around understanding what we go through on a daily basis um, who will be able to deliver results for us as as a large constituency group in this country. And as I said, she hears us and uh, sees us, and Donald Trump does not. Well, I don't like being mocked or made fun of, so that was really a blow to all all of you with disabilities. you got to remember that, you know, I have young people with disabilities that I, on a volunteer basis, teach about leadership, but guess what else? about bullying, how to stand up to bullies, because kids with disabilities are bullied in schools more than any other group. Now, I don't need a president that then makes fun of them the way bullies do at school. You know, that, that is to me, I'm sorry, you know, I know you're all thinking, wow, I can't believe Joyce Bender saying all this, but I'm sorry, I don't like to be made fun of, and I want a president that's going to fight for us. Affordable Care Act, let me just tell you, if that goes away, so goes away pre-existing conditions that is no longer an issue. It would be again. And if your children living with epilepsy or any other chronic disability, that would be a horrific thing that would happen. Absolutely terrible. So tell me, um, Anastasia, how do you think people with disabilities, young people listening to you right now, uh, what do you think they need to do to participate in this campaign to see our next president, Hillary Clinton? Um, well, they can. There are so many ways that they can um, get involved. Like Hillary always says during her speeches, if you want to be involved in an active way in your community, on the ground, sort of going door to door, or speaking to people in your neighborhood, canvassing, and those sorts of things, then you can go on to. HillaryClinton.com and sign up for uh, phone banking opportunities, which is uh, you, so you basically find a local field office through her website, and you can go to that office to make phone calls, and you can coordinate through those local field offices to do canvassing and go door-to-door. If you're a young person who prefers to, you know, advocate or show your support through uh, social social media, then you can have your voice heard that way by, um, uh, you know, continually commenting on, you know, the conversations that get started through social media. Um, and But I would say if you're just starting out and wanting to see what it's like to be politically engaged, the way that I did it was what I just described uh, a couple of seconds ago, which was actively get involved at the community level and find ways to volunteer. And also, if you can also help to uh, sway people's opinions just simply by talking to them. If you, in your normal everyday routine, if you go to coffee shops, if you're in school, wherever there's an opportunity to discuss why 
you as a person with a disability and for all the other reasons are supporting Hillary. Any opportunity to discuss that is also you being actively engaged in in the election. That's a lot of what I also do when I'm back in New York and not on the road. I take every opportunity I can to use my social media platforms to show my support for her and also um, to just be out there speaking about her in my everyday conversations with others. Because I think personal, personal, if you can tell a personal story or um, explain to someone from a personal perspective why you support um, her as a candidate for the office, then that, uh, I find that that goes an incredibly long way because it's easy for people to get caught up in the negative sound bites, um, most of which are not based in fact. So you can do a lot as a person with a disability who is supporting her to spread the truth to uh, counteract the the lies that so often get uh, circulated and highlighted in the media. Right, and that is great, great advice. You know what that is, folks? Action. Action. Be like Anastasia. Action. Do something. Don't just sit back. And you know what? We have a great leader that can represent us at the White House, and that would be you. You can also be a voice for us. With your close relationship to Secretary Clinton, you can be a leader for this disability community. You can help us. And I have no doubt you will. I just want to tell everyone, uh, the American Association of People with Disabilities has a program where they give a stellar leader the Paul Hearn Award. And so you know this, Anastasia was a Paul Hearn Award winner. So don't think this is like a new thing. She walks the talk. She's been doing this. She's a disability rights leader, and we are so fortunate to have her. But right now, we're going to go to break. Hey, if you just joined us, we have Anastasia Somoza, disability rights advocate, human rights defender, and surrogate for Secretary Clinton, a rock star. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Since 1985... Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies and federal government agencies. 
Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show, everyone. Oh, what a great show. What a great show. We have Anastasia Somoza, celebrity. She is a disability rights advocate and human rights defender. If you watch the Democratic National Convention, she was front and center speaking, representing us, people with disabilities, and speaking for Secretary Clinton and has many other places, as I happen to see her uh, in Orlando representing the keynote presenting the keynote speaker, Secretary Clinton. She, was, she spoke, and then she introduced the secretary and was just as phenomenal there. But right now, I have a special treat for all of you, and that is Secretary Clinton has sent uh, a message that she wants you all to hear. So before we go any further, we're going to play that right now. You know, uh... The rights of uh, people with disabilities is something that I care uh, deeply about, and we've got to do much more than we're doing. I tried really hard to get the um, UN-negotiated Convention on the Rights of People with Disabilities to pass our Senate, because it's a treaty, and we, we couldn't get it through the Republicans, and it was such a disappointment. Uh, their attitude was, we're not signing on to anything that the UN does, which is kind of strange since air traffic control and postal systems and a lot of other stuff actually have some UN connection. But that's the level of you know, Tea Party mentality that unfortunately we are uh, living with. And so I want us to do much more here at home. I still want to get the convention uh, agreed to. So I think there are a number of things. Specifically with respect to autism, as you know, I've laid out a plan. I'm the only person running for president. I did it in 08. I've done it again this time because we've got to do much more. We have to do much more on research, early intervention, job training, housing, the whole range of uh, benefits and opportunities that need to be available to people on the spectrum. So that's going to be a high priority for me, and I'm glad you're here talking about it. When it comes to jobs, um, we've got to figure out how we get the minimum wage up and include people with disabilities in the minimum wage. There should not be uh, a tiered wage. And right now, there is a tiered wage when it comes to facilities that 
do provide opportunities, but not at a self-sufficient wage that enable people to gain a degree of independence as far as they can go. So I want us to take a hard look at raising the minimum wage and ending the, the tiered minimum wage. Well, there we have it. You can see how dedicated Secretary Clinton is to us, taking time to send us that message, talking about not only fighting for us, but for equal pay. I mean, that was so surprising, Anastasia, where one of the first things she talked about was ending subminimum pay. Yeah, I think it's uh, one of the most, actually probably the most, in, in my mind, um, the most important thing she could have uh, emphasized in that, in that speech, for sure, um, because of a young woman with a disability who has been uh, trying to uh, enter the workforce and, uh, you know, build a, a resume after college and grad school. I mean, that has always been uh, a concern of mine, yeah the way that companies can fare loopholes and the way that they can um, get away with not paying us an appropriate wage. And it's, it, there are no words to describe how despicable that is. So I'm, I'm glad that she addressed it so directly. Um, I was just as pleasantly um, uh, surprised as you. I'm, Glad it was central to her remarks. Yes, this is one of the first things she talked about. And let me tell you, you in the disability community, I got to tell you, you know, how long have we been fighting for this? Forever. Forever. This whole 14C dilemma. And, and you know what? People didn't even want to bring it up. They didn't want to talk about it because they were concerned, oh, that could be controversial. Here she brings it up and says it has to go because people with disabilities need to be paid equally. You know, we don't need to be in a sheltered workshop being paid 10 cents an hour. This, to me, is unbelievable. And another thing, I bet you were surprised she talked about CRPD. I mean, there are people not even talking about that, and she made a point of saying, and I'm going to go back, because I want to fight to see the Convention on Rights of Persons with Disabilities ratified. What did you think of that when she said that? Oh, absolutely. From uh, as, as a person who's always been passionate about uh, human rights uh, and disability rights discourse, both domestically and, and internationally, I think um, that was extraordinarily important. And I... I my mind is blown every time I think about the fact that that has yet to be to be ratified, um, considering the incredible uh, champions uh, it, the CRPD has had over the years, um, most notably uh, uh, Senator Tom Harkin. So I'm just incredibly glad that the CRPD has another strong, powerful um, defender in Hillary, and I hope, I hope that that's one of the things she's able to succeed at 
at making happen as as president because that would be extraordinary. Well, it would be. And and you know what impressed me? This just shows you though how well educated she is on all of our issues. CRPD, there are people that have no idea what am I talking about. And by the way, many, many companies have ratified this. We have not. She tried to help push it through with people like Senator Harkin, uh, Tony Quello, but also Senator Dole. So, you know, there were other people, both sides, trying to make this happen, but then it was stopped. Uh, and, and that is terrible. And I mean, just that she talked about that, I thought, wow, she's really informed on our issues. So, um, I have to ask you a question. You know, earlier in this show, you heard me say how I don't like to be made fun of. So I have to ask you, uh, personally, and I hope you don't mind that I'm asking you this, but how did that make you feel? when Donald Trump mocked a person with a disability? Well, un- unfortunately, by the time it happened, it saddened me to say that in some ways um, it didn't surprise me in that by that point I, I had already expected, we had already seen so, so much... Uh, um, negative, inflammatory rhetoric and gestures and behaviors coming from um, Donald Trump that by that point, for me, it was almost as if I was waiting for that shoe uh, to to drop, which is incredibly sad to, to say. Um, and I remember being in the living room with, with my parents and just saying, there it is, it was only a matter of time, uh, because of because of the person he's shown himself to be. He's been a, a public figure for decades now, and um, uh, he is also local to New York, so he's always, from my perspective as a New Yorker, I, I grew up with him being highlighted in the news, and so... Um, from everything I've grown up knowing about Donald Trump, that, that I remember being my first, in addition to feeling disgusted, I definitely had a, a, a visceral reaction. I remember uh, feeling disgusted. But as I said, the other um, uh, strong emotion or feeling was that I, in some ways, I expected that from a from a person and a, a presidential candidate like like him, which is extraordinarily sad to to have to admit that it didn't. In some ways, it didn't surprise me because those are his true colors. That is who he is. He not only doesn't understand. Um, anything about what it's like to live our experience, but it clearly shows that he has, uh, he not only doesn't have empathy for our community, but he also just um, 
completely and utterly de- dehumanized us. I remember thinking, wow, she, she must really see us as, you know, people who are completely unable to contribute and just live off of the support and charity of others. Like, it was just a, um, an unbelievably stark statement about how little he believes we, as a, as a disabled community, can contribute productively to uh, the communities and society in which we live, um, which is just, as we all know, the furthest, the furthest thing from from the truth. So, you know what, you know what? Isn't it sad? Isn't it pathetic that you weren't surprised? I mean, that's terrible, and it was terrible. But that is the saddest part that you weren't even surprised. So, what do you think would happen then? What do you have, think would happen to all of us people with disabilities if? He was the president. Well, what do you think would happen to our rights? Uh, I think I think we would be lucky if if they if they stayed where they are. If if he didn't, you know, uh, destroy some of all of the progress that we have made. So, in other words, I would be. I would be surprised if he didn't take us back a number of large steps. And what I'm worried about is that I'm confident that we certainly would not, would not move forward um, and make progress in, in, you know, tackling some of the things that I mentioned in the first segment we still have we still have to address the fact that there are many more of us with disabilities who are um, not living in integrated community settings and also not not having the skills and pathways to pursue um, employment and I don't think he would he has the, you know, intellectual um, capacity or compassion or desire to help us change that. He doesn't know how, and he it just wouldn't. We we work. We are not on his radar at all. Well, you know what? That would be terrible. That would be terrible because right now there are legislators trying to weaken the Americans with Disabilities Act. And yeah. forget, forget about CRPD and forget about the changing the, oh, subminimum pay would stay, the Affordable Care Act, I mean, Section 503, so many things, so many things. Sometimes people don't think about this. You know, you can't just sit back and say, oh, I'm so glad that Secretary Clinton includes us don't talk about it. Vote. You've got to vote. You can't just talk about it. You have to vote. Um, and what do you think? Now, if we had, uh, and we will, President Clinton, Hillary Clinton, in the White House, 
with you as one of our leaders, young lady, what do you think she would do to help disability rights? What do you think would happen? We'll, we'll give the opposite now. Um, well, I think she would, piggybacking on the comment that you just made about the fact that there are already uh, legislators trying to weaken the ABA, so I think she would make sure that that doesn't happen. And uh, as I said before, I think she really is going to focus on what she highlighted in her speech in Orlando about about integrating people with disabilities into her plans to build a more inclusive economy. I think she really will focus on uh, that employment piece and um, and certainly make sure that the uh, Republican legislators and others who um, are trying to repeal uh, certain aspects of legislation that's already on the books I imagine that she is not going to let that happen. She will, she will fight uh, endlessly to make sure that all we do is move forward and make sure that we definitely don't move back. Um, I think she also uh, believes in, you know, all children having access to universal pre-K and the importance of early intervention, not only only, uh, for children who don't have disabilities, but I really appreciate her understanding, in other words, of how beneficial early intervention programs are uh, to families who have young children uh, experiencing developmental delays and and other types of disabilities, so I think it's important she recognizes that um, uh, yeah children with disabilities need to have access to early intervention services and also need to um, be you know set up to succeed in the classroom so I think she will continue to support us in all of the ways uh, she has in the past, um, supporting, you know, realizing that we have to be well-educated so that we have the skills um, necessary to make the transition um, from, from school to work eventually in our, in our uh, later lives. Yes, and you know what? I thought of another thing. I, just like President Obama, I guarantee you that if we had her in that White House, that you would see people with disabilities in appointee positions. You would see them. They would be visible, just as it was with President Obama. And I can't say that would happen at all if it were not her as president. Oh, absolutely. I think that's one of the first ways she's going to show um, through her transition um, from, from uh, with her transition team. I, I 
more than confident that those are some of the first steps she's going to take. In other words, looking at making sure that people with disabilities are working with her in the White House uh, at, at that level. So I absolutely 100% agree. And that's a big thing. That is a big thing, and it is only she that would do that, by the way, I mean, in this presidential election. And you know what? I don't know if a lot of people realize that, you know, I know there's terrible things being said uh, to her and about her, and I have no idea how someone... Uh, can be so stately through all of this, but that's what it takes to be the president. Um, but I think people forget she would be the first woman elected as president, the first woman. I mean, that is historic, just as it was when President Obama was the first African-American elected as president. And what, what do you think that will mean, uh, Anastasia, to young girls across America when they see that happen? It sends the message to all those uh, young girls that they can truly be anything uh, that they want to be and that, and that um, they should aspire to, to their highest goals, whatever, whatever that may be. I think that's the most, uh, important message is that it, it stands in stark contrast to all of the other things that little girls and, and young women have to hear about how they don't, they don't measure up to their male counterparts in almost every aspect of Society. When we think about the fact that women are still being paid, you know, far less than men to do the same job, so I think overall it would send a message um, that little girls and young young women can and should strive to be everything they they want to be and to shoot for the stars. And for I hope that that will mean for a lot of young women that it will uh, encourage them to, to enter into public service and to consider um, running for elections and to consider pursuing elected office. I hope that that's also a consequence of, of her succeeding at uh, breaking that highest, hardest uh, glass ceiling uh, that has always, always been there. And I'm so excited that she is the one that's going to be shattering it. And I think that um, as someone who met Hillary as a little girl, I consider myself so incredible, incredibly lucky to have had her as well as my mother and uh, a handful of extraordinary women to to be strong, powerful role models for for me. She has been my role model since I was that little girl, wondering about, curious about how far I would get in life. Um, and I think she will continue to to 
to be that for um, generations of girls and women to come. Yeah, she just, she want to just break the uh, glass ceiling. She'll shatter the glass ceiling. Yeah, That'll absolutely. Be the that would be the end. So um, what has been your proudest accomplishment so far in the campaign, Anastasia? Uh, uh, just being able, uh, not only being recognized as, as a woman with a disability, but, but feeling like I, um, you know, being able to represent our our community is is my is i think my biggest accomplishment because that's being able to do that has been what's driven me um to become the person that i am and the fact that speaking at the dnc gave me th- uh that platform and that i've continued that i've been able to continue using uh, that platform to uh, further represent our community on a, on a national level uh, because I sat on a national stage is just uh, is extraordinary. That's, that's the thing that I'm most proud of, that I'm, you know, finally feel like I'm being recognized for... Um, doing what I've worked hard at for my entire life. And um, the fact that uh, Hillary herself and, and her campaign is shown in so many ways that they, that they uh, consider me a valuable asset in that regard has also been extremely uh, special and rewarding. Well, I got to I got to tell you something. Um, you have become a great leader for all of us, and we're we are we love you, but you're going to be our voice. You're a leader for all of us, and in behalf of all Americans with disabilities, thank you so much. And thank all of you for supporting me and um, giving me uh, this this opportunity and trusting me to be um, one of the voices that makes sure uh, we don't get forgotten about ever again. It's truly been an honor to, to, to be one of many people who, who represent our community and, and fight for um, our needs and interests. So it's, it's been an honor to... Well, we we feel the that. same we, we feel the same way about you and we end every show with a quote from someone we believe will impact the world and that is today Americans with disabilities deserve the chance to work alongside those without disabilities to do the same job for the same pay said secretary Hillary Clinton this is Joyce Bender America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week.
Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.